Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following content is not suitable for children. Hit or miss sex. What do you do when sometimes it's amazing and the next time it sucks? <laughs> help. help! 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 Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Yeah, Laura, I think it's it's almost easier when you're used to having good sex all the time or you have bad sex all the time. Like, you got to fix it. It's this in-between, no man's land where you don't know what you're getting. Sometimes it's great and sometimes it sucks. And how, how do you make sense of that? I know, and I think it's our theme, George, that people got to talk about sex. Sometimes I think there's reasons we don't tell our lover about what we want. We're so afraid we'll hurt their ego. You know, we're also afraid that our partner will think we're somehow or another weird or perverted. This woman was talking to me, and she said that she um, talked to her partner about pulling out a vibrator. And she had several, and his first reaction was just kind of stop, you know, like, that's that's weird. Why would you need a vibrator? Mm -hmm. And partly she knows she needs a vibrator because sometimes she climaxes and sometimes she doesn't. And she's thinking, this is a sure thing, and if we can incorporate this into making love, it'll be great. So, and, And she kind of... As she was talking with me, she said, you know, what do you think men think about vibrators? Why would he be reluctant? Do you you have any sense of that? I mean, from maybe your male clients or your male friends. George, let us in, man, on the boys club. It's all about consent, I think. you got to have this conversation before the bedroom. I think when men buy in and like, oh, this would be cool to try, they're, they're all for it. They're not threatened by it. But if you just pull it out during without any conversation, it's like, what the heck you need that for? Mm. So that would be my big tip. Like, If you want to use a vibrator, I think it's great. And I think men that include vibrators in their lovemaking are like all on board. Like this is a cool kind of brings some, you know, makes things easier and more engaging. It's if it makes it more engaging and easier for your partner to orgasm, why would you not want it? Mm-hmm. Right. But I think it's just when it's introduced and how it's introduced and couples that can have conversations beforehand and be like, oh, that would be cool. Let's try it. You really get that per- that guy's brain green and like excited about it, which is so different when it's shocked by it. And they feel like, oh, well, well, I must be doing something wrong if you need that. I, that's exactly what I said to her is that somehow or another, maybe what got communicated was he was doing something wrong or he wasn't enough or his technique wasn't good enough. I I also kind of think that a lot of men think about, you know, maybe they, I don't know, they had a a lover or another girlfriend who opens the drawer and there's vibrators in there and they look like 
you know, huge penises. And it's just like so intimidating. It's like, oh, my God, that's what you want. And I'm a normal sized guy. And, you know, so I think there's a lot of misconceptions about it. You know, most women really use vibrators on their clitoris, not internally, because as we've talked about about a million times now, most women don't climax through vaginal penetration. But I think men would worry, right? It's it's a replacement. Right. And we just got to shift that mindset. It's not a replacement. It's an augmentation. It's something else. You know, if men had a second penis, you think they'd use it? I... <laughs> You know, this is. I think they would, and 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 for the record, you know, we are we have sponsors now, Dame Products, and and they offer vibrators that are really good. Some of them are like you just use them together. It's kind of like this little buzzing machine that you put between you when you're having intercourse, and there's like suction cups. I mean, there's just a million vibrators out there, and I think it's just fun. I mean, it doesn't have to be used every time, but. It, if you're having a little trouble and you're a woman and that can get you higher, mm-hmm. there's kind of, it's like this backup safety net. Okay, I know I can get there. And so I don't have to feel anxious if if what he's doing isn't working or I'm having a little trouble. It's like, okay, you know, I'm going to get there. It's just that confidence. If you don't want a vibrator, that's cool too. But it's it's really about the conversation between the couple. I really encourage our listeners to have this conversation outside the bedroom. Is this something you both want to try? If you both want to try it, it brings that fun into the bedroom. So couples that both enjoy a vibrator, it does enrich their sexual experience. Okay. But if they don't have conversations about it, then that's where it becomes a little bit tricky. Okay. So I'm going to press you a little bit further. Let's say they have had the conversation and he's still a little resistant and you know, I I always think, and I think we know this in EFT, right? If there's resistance, there's meaning behind it that we have mm-hmm. to understand. We have to get curious about what our partner is saying inside about our request and suggestion. What does it mean to them if they don't want to do the thing that we want to do? And sometimes when we can hear that, we can we can either comfort them or soothe them, or explain a little bit more about what it's, you know, why it's good for us. But let's say the woman is not climaxing regularly, George, and he does not want to use a vibrator. And she knows that's a sure thing. And maybe, I mean, there's lots of things here, right? She could be having trouble telling him how to touch her or, or how to give her oral sex. And, you know, maybe he's a little off, the angle's a little off, he's in the wrong place. I I think we know that men don't always know that the clitoris is kind of where he needs to be. But I, I don't know, like, what if there's a problem and she's certain that the vibrator will help and he's just too threatened, but then things well, are going sideways. There's good information, like you said, in the meaning, in the resistance. You know, I think sometimes women can just go to the vibrator to solve all problems instead of being able to communicate, right? Where that information around being in the wrong place at the wrong pace at the wrong pressure or like all those things that might be helpful, right? So there's probably some truth that the guy isn't 
doing it the way she needs. There's some misattunement between the two of them. Yes. And then she turns towards the vibrator to orgasm, but there is a rejection. There's a message that he's failing when she goes to the vibrator. So if that feels bad, how about we just listen to that bad feeling that the guy's having and have a conversation around that instead of just trying to push him into being okay with it. It's no big deal. Well, what's being triggered inside of him is actually a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. How are we going to talk about that? Mm-hmm. And how do you get a male who's a withdrawer <laughs> to talk about that, buddy? I, I think they could relate to there's something about that vibrator I don't like. I might not have words for it, but there's something about it I don't like. Often the vibrator feels like a competing lover. Mm-hmm. And in the moment where something's not working, if you turn towards that for the sure thing, which makes sense, it takes the pressure off. I mean, that's what's so sad about these moments. They're like two radical, it's like a fork in a road. You can see that vibrator is something that takes pressure off that allows both people to just relax into the moment. And, you know, if they can communicate around what was maybe off, like it's such a great enriching experience. That's road one. But road two is you turn to the vibrator because I'm failing Mm -hmm. and you don't want to talk about it. And I don't want to talk about what it feels like. And then we kind of disconnect from each other and maybe we have an orgasm, but there's, 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 there's distance in that orgasm. There's loneliness in that orgasm, right? And, and it, the sad part is if you don't talk about it, you can't really bridge that distance. So the body takes that outside the sexual encounter. And next time it's in the back of your head, like a shadow, like, all right, when's my partner going to bring out that vibrator? Cause it's a sign that I'm, you know, not doing what I need to do. Mm, and if that's mm-hmm. how you experience a vibrator, doesn't it make sense why you resent it yeah. as a guy? And I, there's so many things you said there. I just, I want to take it slow because I had a lot of thoughts as you were talking. I mean, one of them is I think that there are kind of developmental stages as we become lovers. And this was a relatively new relationship that she was talking about, you know, and kind of in the beginning, it's just so damn exciting. You know, it doesn't really matter what happens. Sometimes it doesn't even matter if you orgasm. It's just like so exciting to be together. And then as you've been a little further, you know, sex takes adjustments. It does take a little working at it. And we can't panic at that. It doesn't mean that we're not right for each other sexually. It just means everybody has these needs to be more attuned and to deepen how they talk to each other about it. It's That's natural and that's normal. And it isn't normal to have great attunement forever. I mean, right. maybe in the beginning, it just feels like that because it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. But I think later and maybe not even that much later. You, you just got to start talking about, okay, you know, I need a little of this. I need a little bit of that. I had a girlfriend once who said her new lover asked her, so I really want you to tell me how to touch you. I'm just so turned on thinking about that. I'm turned on thinking about talking about that. Mm-hmm. And she was like, kind of starstruck, like, you know, because I think, I don't know, it was at dinner that he says this. And she's just like, okay, that's like a conversation we need to have in the bathtub with a glass of wine, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. where I'm really relaxed and I can feel more open and stuff. But so it, we're really inviting our listeners to kind of try to make sense of whatever their response is to the vibrator, right? Is there an openness? Is there a curiosity to play? Cool. 
Is there some resistance? Let's try to explore it. Let's try to have a conversation. What's behind that? You know, I think a lot of times too, the woman can let the guy into, I'm using this vibrator to get more into my body in this moment. Mm. It's not like, um, you know, so a man can relate to that. It's like, sometimes you want to, you know, jerk yourself off. And there's something that feels good about that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about great lovers can get back into their own body and still be part of the, of the scene. Right. right? We're, it's not we're a, a secure away. base for each other. It's exactly. like going back into your body, coming then back into sort of the interpersonal moment. It's, there's a lot of back and forth in one lovemaking time. Yeah. And that's all it is. I mean, if you want to like get into your body a little bit more and that vibrate, it helps a woman to do that just to like really focus in a way that's going to allow them to be more present with their partner. Like the, the male becomes less threatened by that and can be like, yes, like do that. Like, are oh, you doing that? I'm going to jerk myself off. And like, we're getting close to get back towards each other. It's like, it's really is about the communication of what's happening in that moment. And so many of us don't grow up being able to talk about that, but that's really what we're trying to help out here. Okay. I love that. I love that, that reminder that it's really about coming into our own bodies and then coming back together in our hearts and looking at each other and then maybe shutting our eyes and getting immersed in that sensual moment. So good stuff, G. Let's come back after the break. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same car for your entire life? That's how our brains work. So why don't we treat them with more maintenance and being more proactive for their efficiency. How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping our brains healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language, or maybe developing that erotic mind. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp is an online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat therapy sessions so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. The whole goal of therapy is open up space so we become clearer and we can have better conversations and relationships. You can be matched with a therapist right now in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com foreplay. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash foreplay. Uber Lube, partnering with Foreplay Radio for a while. We really believe in this product because it's hard to have good sex when it's dry or painful. Take the pressure off. Use Uber Lube to be able to enjoy the present moment. Get deeper into the connection with your partner. Oh, I love what you're saying. And I think it certainly is something that we need to manage dryness. But I also just think, you know, it's so slippery. It can be used all over the body just to enhance that skin on skin feeling. And it's silicone based. I don't have to be a sex therapist like Lori to know silicone based makes it just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It's actually good for the body and it's condom friendly, which is great. Doctors are recommending it everywhere. I've been using it and recommending it for 20 years now. Uberlube.com is where you find it with the coupon foreplay. Please use that to support us at the podcast. You get 10% off. It's a great product. Hey, Lori. 
We know Dallas trading's coming up. This is a chance to get back in person. We're super excited. Great sex, great love. Teaching couples, therapists, how to help people with sex. Dallas, Texas, August 12th and 13th. Come join us. NorthTexasEFT.com or FourPlaySexTherapy.com. Be there or be square. Get it? Square dance. I'm wearing my boots. Lori, I, I think we all have this negativity bias, right? It's like we have great sex, but we're not really going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So maybe eight, nine out of 10 times it works really well, but we don't really put words to what's working well. Mm-hmm. But when it goes wrong that one time, like our brain's going to be like, what? And like, what? And analyze and like worry about it. And what were you know? And so, like, the numbers when we're talking about couples that have this hit and miss sex. Like, I, I think they over-focus on when it doesn't work and under-focus when it does work. Yes. I think there's something about just recalibrating that that takes some of the pressure off this. Like, how can we spend more time saying, you know, that was great, and this is why it was great, and learning from great that allows us to replicate it. And when it's not so great, not making such a big deal, we want to learn from that too, right? But like, I, I, I think the balance is important. You know, our brains, though, are wired to see threat. This is Mm -hmm. how we've survived as a species. So that's why we overanalyze threats. Somebody told me recently, you know, they they were in a really good sexual relationship. And one morning they made love. And she didn't climax. And he kind of rolled over. And she's like, hey, buddy, I need a little help. And he's like, I'm tired. And everything in her just reacted to that. It was like, he doesn't care about me. He's not going to mm-hmm. take care of my sexual needs. You know, what about me? And does is this the beginning of a pattern? Is this the pattern of one thing that now I need to be on alert mm-hmm. that I'm with a partner who is selfish and just going to get off and then there's nothing for me? You know, and she was talking about, should I just like not have sex in the morning? Because clearly it's just not work. I'm like, oh, my God. Do not make any adjustments right now. Just this is something that needs conversation, you know, and and it could just be a one off. I think that when we're secure sexually and and I don't think many of us are quite secure in early relationships. So but when we're secure sexually, we know it's a one off. It's like, okay, sometimes you come, sometimes I come, sometimes nobody comes, you know, (laughs) it's like whatever, you know, because we know we have this luxury of many times ahead of us to make love and it's going to be okay. And, and I just think, and, and this is, I know many of our listeners are saying, you know, look at Emily making love once a week. And if it doesn't go well, you know, I'm screwed, you know? And and so, so when sex is insecure between couples, these things become threats. Right. And your brain then wants to dwell on the negative and not really pay attention to the positive. So how do we also have a brain for a reason, right? To be able mm-hmm. to kind of put things in context, to recognize the big picture, 10 to 15% of sexual experiences end in failure or kind of misattunement. That's just the math behind mm-hmm. it. There's nothing weird about you. I mean, we got to, like you said earlier, we want to learn from things that are not working. We want to keep growing. We want to keep changing. That's why communication is so really relevant. So that hit and miss sex is really every couple, it we is. have this illusion in our head that it's like, oh, no, this is just every couple's having great sex because that's what we see on TV. No, every couple is having hit and miss sex. Yes. Right. And I think if you do a better job 
of really paying attention to like that was great you know the timing was great you know we we had foreplay we like there was a reason it was great the levels of engagement were high how do we you know they were deliberate they were like there's so many cool things that went into making it great it's not chance it's not like the weather someday it's great and someday it sucks there's things that you're doing that can make you feel more empowered here that i think is really important right and I mean, I have girlfriends who say to me things like what they imagine my sex life is like. They're like, oh, you probably climax so easily. I'm like, uh, I'm living in a woman's body. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it not easy. Or like, I bet your sex is amazing. And I'm like, you know, sometimes 10% of us, you know, we like 10% of our experiences suck too. It's, but what, what I think about is, I am just so happy we've been naked together and that we tried and that there's love. And I I will say most of the time with my husband and I, there's laughter, you know, and even when it doesn't work, it's like, it's a win. We, we, we came together. We tried. Yeah. Yeah. I'm laughing because it is so much easier to give advice than it is to follow it. Right. So (laughs) we're like, say, talk about it, talk about it. There, There are some days with me and my wife and it's, you know, whatever we're missing each other she's not in the mood i feel i like rejection i'm like rolling over angry and i'm like you know i should i'm laying there saying i probably should talk about this so I'm like no i don't want to talk about it this is unfair i probably like have this debate inside my head on what that i should do and sometimes i lose right and a part of me that's just defensive wins out i'm like you know this this is ridiculous you know i'm a sex, sex podcast person and you know i should have more say you know like those tapes can play and we go into our defensive yellow brains right which is yes. again that just happens to all of us it's part it of being human it but does. i think when you come back like i've definitely done a better job of like when sex is going well to really enjoy that to be appreciative to be thankful to speak into that and there's 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 a lot of safety that that creates you know when you could turn to your partner and say you know that was great thank you i mean that was like the highlight of my day that like whatever it is like that that feedback trying to stretch that positive moment out Mm-hmm. trying to come back to it, you know, maybe later in the day to say, you know, I was thinking about that again. That was, that felt so good to be connected to you. Mm-hmm. Like those, those comments really kind of pull the safety throughout the whole day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, that's, that's beautiful advice. I love it. How can a woman tell a man? And I, I, I suppose it's the other way around too, right? How can a man tell a woman without generating defense, like what would be better in the moment? I know what doesn't work, which is, you know, that that doesn't feel good. Like any kind of overt, blunt criticism or stop mm-hmm. is going to, is going to kill the moment, you know, because right. even if your partner can keep going they're they're just like in their heart, they're like, oh crap, I did it wrong. That's got to be present. So somehow or another, you have to pull them in mm-hmm. and pull them along like, Ooh, right. I'd really love it if you did this now, you know, <laughs> I mean, something yeah. that is a redirect. Yeah. I think it's so important to start off with the connection and the affirmation. So to be able to say, this feels so good. And you know, I, oh, I love that a little bit faster or can you lower that a little bit more or like, but starting off with what's feeling so good, Mm-hmm. I think it really makes for the safety of the partner receiving it saying, yeah, we're, we're in this. This is working. 
you know, it feels really good. Oh, you need a little bit low. Oh, yeah, yeah. How's that? You like that, don't you? <laughs> right. But it's like if you come right out of the gate, say, no, 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 a little bit low. Like it, it's it's jolting to the brain. Right. It feels like criticism. Mm-hmm. And we do this as parents. You know, when I want my kid to do something and I come right out saying, you know, why are you not doing that? Or you should be doing that. Like it immediately elicits defensiveness. Right. right. But when you do that soft startup, when you say, hey, you know, I, I appreciate all that you're doing. And, you know, but I think you forgot that there's a better chance of their brain taking it in when we can kind of front load it. I teach my couples all the time to do a preamble, like talk to the other. You, you know what to do to make your partner safer, that yes. brain safer. Yes. Like do that first before you stretch them and try to get them to see something or do something differently. If you lead with the advice or doing it differently, you're probably going to elicit that defensiveness. Right. Exactly. So maybe we should do an example. Somebody was telling me that their husband had trouble coming sometimes Mm -hmm. and that sometimes when he did climax, he was like so silent about it. She didn't know. And and I, I kind of explored that meaning with her. What did it mean to her that she couldn't right. know? And part of it was this joy that she had about witnessing his moment. You know, mm-hmm. she wanted to be with him when he came. She wanted to be like soul joined. You know, I, I mean, it was like it was so exciting to her and so deeply satisfying to her to know that you know, she, he was coming and I think he yeah. didn't, he didn't yep. know that she didn't know. She, he thought that she could feel his ejaculate inside her vagina. And mm-hmm. I just got to say to all the men listening that you usually can't feel that just for the record. I mean, I know it, you can feel it as a man, but it's just women don't feel that really Damn. sometimes i thought we had to feel that what's going on here Lori? you're <laughs> spoiling it for us all i know i know it, it's just right the vagina a lot of men are sitting back saying yeah you can feel that can't you oh yeah you can feel that <laughs> no it's uh, like listen we could keep imagining that don't worry about that man <laughs> okay keep imagining how are that ejaculation it has to be felt around the world no <laughs> exactly I do want to speak to, you know, men and women, but it are really what forms you early on. If you have to be silent, you know, if you're masturbating in, in your bathroom or, you know, your, your mother's the ba- parent's room is next door. You got to be quiet. It trains the brain to be quiet. Yes. Right. So they have good reasons for the quietness. Yes. And how do you, how do you bring that to the awareness instead of saying, Hey, you're quiet, which feels like a criticism. If you could say, it really turns me on when I could hear your voice when you're coming. Like that is more inspiring to get that guy to say, ah, I want to turn you on more. If that's going to do it, I'll start screaming. Right. But like it, it really is the presentation. Right. Yes. Yes. And I would say same thing with little girls masturbating, George. Little girls learn to be very still. Right. I had a client who was saying, you know, I slept in the same bedroom as my sister. We slept in the same bed. So, you know, I waited till she was asleep. I laid very still. I didn't make a sound. I didn't move. This is the way her brain learned to climax. And so it's like letting it out and letting yourself like vocalize as, you know, I I mean, that that's just so foreign to the way Mm -hmm. you learn to climax. Imagine her partner saying, 
I love hearing your voice. You have such a sexy voice when you're starting to orgasm, right? That's going to feel a lot better than saying, God, why, yes. why, God, are you yes. not, why do you not make a sound? People, people are going to play that tape over and over, George. Well, that was a good one. We're yeah. trying to learn. I mean, again, I would be so direct. And men are often problem solvers. We want to just go like, you're not making a sound. Like, why are you not making a sound? And we go right into the problem without recognizing that we're introducing a problem by how we do that. Mm-hmm. Right? But being able to encourage instead of criticize. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And telling them what it does to you, mm-hmm. like how exciting it is, how sexy it is, what you feel inside when you're joining them. Like this is maybe we're not having an orgasm at the very same time, which just for the record, everybody, that rarely happens. I mean, if it happens to you, awesome. But it's not I don't think it should be a goal. I just, mm-hmm. you know, is there's just too much pressure. I think it's something that is exceptional and wonderful but not necessarily something that you should be disappointed about if it's not happening. But anyway, so I think let's say it is separate orgasms, but this is kind of the way we share. I mean, certainly you can, I don't know. I I really don't know if men can feel their partner quiver or something when she's orgasming, Mm -hmm. but I think that, okay, good. Thank you. Or, but also letting it out with her voice is, is the secondary. And so many men are like auditory, right? They like sounds. They like to hear it. It's whenever we layer on senses, so it's touch, taste, sound, sight. I mean, all of those make the experience that much more exciting. Beautiful. Words of wisdom by Lori. The more (laughs) layers of senses we can add, the better the sexual encounter. So, Mm -hmm. hey, you're not alone if you have hot and missed sex. We're all in this company together. But let's learn about what's making it work and what's making it not work, and let's get better at communicating. Thanks for listening. Keep it hot, y'all. Call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.